Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever it is you are, welcome to Coffee Break. Uh, I'm Spencer Campbell, uh, aka Gila RPGs, uh, and this is Coffee Break. Every Sunday, I sit down with uh, one of my friends from the RPG design scene, and we just hang out. It's just a chance for me to catch up and talk to people. Not an interview show, just a cool hanging out time with my cool, cool, not cool fool friends, my cool, cool friends. Um, and this week I have Chris with me, and I am so, so, so excited about that. Um, but before we just dive into things, Chris, do you mind, if, if somehow somebody doesn't know who you are, could you could you let the world uh, know who you are? Could you introduce yourself? Ah, oh, those lucky ducks who haven't heard me shouting <laughs> on Twitter. Hi. Uh, I'm Chris, and I make games. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Perfect. You might you might have heard of a game called The Wretched. I made that, amongst other things. And um, yeah. Hi, I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry for ruining. No, you screen. nailed it. You nailed it. Now, yes, you are known for The Wretched, but you are known in my heart for this. Oh, go alone. Yeah, I love how much you love go alone. <laughs> I think I'm your number one go alone fan. With how much I love love that game. Go alone for folks who don't know. It's a wretched and alone game, um, but it's it's inspired by kind of like Zelda, and you play as like a sentient chosen weapon. It was so much fun to play, Chris. I loved it. Uh, it was very it was very a lot good. Right, I really enjoyed writing it. It's a that was like the second wretched and alone game I wrote. It was cool. I feel like yeah. I feel like, yeah, when did this come out? Is there? I don't know if there's a date in here. Probably not. Last, last year. Yeah. It was awesome. Anyway. Uh, Look on itch, I could tell you. Yeah, we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> um, anyway. So I'm super excited to chat with Chris because um, I feel like you are one of the first people I like, n like knew or learned about in the indie indie rpg scene like as i was first dipping my toes into things and i was learning things uh obviously the wretched exploded last year and i was like ah this chris Bizet person seems to know what's going on i will just <laughs> i will follow them and figure out and i over we the years came up at the same time didn't we i feel like we uh, did kind of ish yeah, like you were the first person on wretched cast when i was doing that that's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, in my very short-lived uh, Psych of RPGs video thing, I had you on for a learning thing as well. Uh, oh, they were good. I liked them. I should get back to doing that at some point. I keep thinking I should get back to Wretched Cast. Isn't that... I have time, though. That... Maybe I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this. Somebody found out about me from your podcast. There we go. Hell, somebody listened to the podcast. Wow. <laughs> That's the real surprise takeaway right there. Yeah. Holy shit. Can I swear on this? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I always forget to ask that too when I'm on shows. Um, I so yeah. I'm a as you know I'm a, a psychologist, uh, and I, I'm a cognitive psychologist, so I study things like language. And one of my areas of expertise that I study is literally profanity. I study oh. the psychology behind profanity. So it's real hard for me to not use it because I'm around it all the time. Yeah. Anyway, so please do. 
Oh yeah, that, that's right. I was on I was on Kat's uh, podcast recently, and she mentioned uh, during her interview, I said the word gun fucks because I was talking about Indira Slattery's game, and I was like, yeah. I didn't even think about how that might not be okay to say no. out loud. <laughs> Fuck you, Adira, for making us all swear. So how how are things? You said you know we we chatted for just a moment before we got started. You said you've been settling in. You like the yeah. the new places, feeling more like home. It's coming together, yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's getting there. We've only been in it six eight weeks, so you know there are still holes in walls yeah. and like there's no carpet and it's getting there though. Where it feels like home in a way that the apartments and stuff of the last seventeen years never felt like home. So that's cool. That's super cool. We're um, we're moving into our first home in less than a month at the start of January, and so I assume we'll probably be going through a lot of the experiences that you and other homeowners of like, oh, we have to like, there's so much more, there's so much more involved. So much. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not just buy a house. Now you have a house, right? It's buy a house. Have you got another ten thousand pounds to make it livable? <laughs> yep, the answer is no. I'm mostly just getting it so that Clover has a yard to run around in. It's we're buying yeah. it for her. Speaking of, it's she's nice having outside space. Yeah, I haven't used it yet because it's winter, but you know, it's nice to look at. <laughs> it's in theory, it's going to be nice. Yeah, it's going to be great when it's not minus two degrees outside. Speaking of Clover, for folks who are either new to my stream or haven't watched the stream in a while, we have added some Clover emotes to this, thanks to Raul, who made awesome pixel art of Clover. So feel free to use those as much as you want. Adam Bell has redeemed a Clover cam, which she's underneath my desk. So, oh, there she is. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'll do my best to try and get her. Hi, Clover. All right. She's doing good. So you're settling into a new home. That's awesome. Yeah. You're also settling into like full-time game designer. How's that going? Yeah, it's going okay. Um, I am fighting that, you know, when you get in that mindset because you've worked in an office or retail or whatever for so long that you have to always be busy or you're not working hard enough. Yeah. I am fighting that urge so strongly. Like I think I spend like three hours a day doing creative work and initially that didn't feel like enough mm. but i'm getting more done than i did when i was doing it around the full-time job nice and i'm not exhausted at the end of the day so you know if my working day is three hours long and i don't work weekends i'm happy with that frankly i uh, yeah that sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty nice yeah. there was like but some that's like, that's like ass in chair writing work yeah. you know like there are other things like there's web store fulfillment and going to the post office is work and like sure you know there are other things that are work but they aren't the the stuff that contributes towards an end product yeah i see what you're saying yeah i get yeah, what you're saying it's good though there was I like enjoy it. there was like some like I, I don't think i wouldn't say discourse but there was like a discussion going that i saw on twitter and i popped up in a few circles of like professional writers so like out mm -hmm. like you know adjacent to what we're doing uh and like neil gaiman was like i wrote Coraline like 50 words a night sort yeah. of thing yeah like it's in it, I, that was super interesting to me because i i think we talked about this i come from a fiction background like right. before i was doing games i was doing fiction and it's 
this whole thing where like the most vocal the most vocal amateurs are the ones who will tell you you have to put your ass in the seat for four hours a day and write two thousand words a day five thousand words a day or you're not a real writer right and it's 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 just bullshit you know look at like look at ursula lagoon's writing schedule i think she wrote for like half an hour a day right <laughs> and most, most of her day was like get up make a coffee go for a long walk look at the trees mm -hmm. and like that's where the work gets done the work isn't putting your butt in the chair and typing the work is up here right and you know that as well as i know that yeah um yeah it's and like if you this is the problem with like you know pay rates being per word isn't it mm. like what what if you put down two thousand words but they're all shit pointless right exactly <laughs> i'm curious because i'm i'm now just thinking about it because you mentioned that idea of like going on walks and the work the work of like the work happens in your like day-to-day -day interactions with like the mundane and i'm curious if you mm -hmm. think have you found that like your move because your move is to a new like vibe like you said before before stream yeah. like you were in the city and now you're in the hills as you said like do you uh -huh. feel like that is helping with the creative juices flowing for you yeah it's a weird one i'm not i'm not around people all day anymore like i was but i hated the people i was around <laughs> <laughs> and i did my best to ignore them so you know um but i'm like i'm not in the city it's not loud and noisy and chaotic but i never really liked that anyway like i grew up in the country mm. um and like where we've moved to feels like feels a lot like where i grew up um it's it's much slower like pace of life but like the other day i was trying to write something i was working on dice souls and i was really stuck and uh i was like fuck it I'm going for a walk because there's like four or five like named bits of woodland near mm. the house that I haven't explored yet. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going for a walk. It had just snowed. And I went a walk for a walk through the woods in the snow. And I came back and I was like, here's a thousand words of dice souls that I couldn't get out before. Like just flew flowed out of me. Um, it's great. I don't leave the house much because I'm I'm an indoor kid. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but it's nice to have somewhere to go that isn't like a coffee shop it's nice to just that's all i that's all i've ever done is the coffee shop that's all that has yeah. always been my my thing is like well i'm downtown so where am i gonna go i guess i'm gonna go to the coffee shop yeah and, and sit there like, it's cool because we're not too far from the city so a couple of times like I've been like, I need, I need a change of scenery. I need something a little bit more stimulating. So I'll hop on a bus and it's like 25 minutes into town. Oh, nice. Back into Manchester. And then I go to like, um, there's one of those like pay per minute cafes. Oh yeah. So like you go in and it's like seven P per minute and you help yourself to coffee and cake. And like, I'll go and I'll sit in there for two hours and get some writing done and then come home. And like, suits me fine i mean it's, it's yeah. early days i might get bored but i don't think i'll get bored <laughs> <laughs> it's i really like it it's really good um i'm so much immediately so much happier and so much more productive so i just hope that i hope that the money side of things works out so i can keep doing it i just know for me like getting out of the house is when i get things done the most like i just I, I am an indoor person as well. So like for me, it's not like going and wandering the streets that I don't think that's going to do it for me, but it is in those, 
Like, honestly, the most productive I tend to be is every month our school, my like my department in the college that I'm a part of has college meetings. So all the faculty from the College of Education and Social Sciences get together. It's the most boring meeting in the world. We're just going over <laughs> reports that everybody already submitted online. And Chris, the amount of writing and ideas that I get done on the page uh, during that meeting. Oh. It is good to have something going on to physically ignore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I know like this thing, I've already read these reports. I already know what's going on. So let me just write, 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 write. Uh, and it looks yeah. like I'm like taking notes about the meeting too. It's like, da, 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 da. That's so good. <laughs> so that's I, my strategy. Um, that's great. I've been doing a lot of thinking about like rituals and stuff. Um, I really like... want to talk about that. Go on. Cool. Okay. Because um, like one thing I really struggled with when I was working uh, once, because I worked in, I think you know, I worked in private healthcare, mm. and so like through the first couple of lockdowns here it was really quiet for me so i managed to get a lot of work done like creative work and then it picked back up again and i was just burnt out i couldn't write at work anymore because i was too tired and i couldn't get into a routine at home um and i, I don't know about you but i've always creatively really thrived on routine yes um, this is why i'm so excited to talk about this <laughs> yeah. um so i've been doing this thing now my routine it's slowly shaping up and it's not identical every day because sometimes, you know, things just don't work out. But my routine is I get up in the morning, I go to the gym. I spend like an hour and a half, two hours in the gym because it's it's my hobby. It's my one hobby that I haven't monetized. <laughs> yet. <laughs> and I, yet. Yet. <laughs> Fitness influencer, here I come. <laughs> I mean, you just got to gamify the gym and then you've found the perfect Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> um and then i come home and i bought i bought one of these little things little timers um and i stick it on 20 minutes and i i've been doing you know i've been doing my writing warm-ups um they've been replaced this month with reeve dean stuff mm. um but i write for 20 minutes just off a prompt um and then when that's done i sit in front of a blank page for an hour and I don't force it or whatever. Like I put, I open dice souls mm. and I sit in front of them for an hour. And if words happen, they happen because I'm very conscious of this, the idea that you can force creativity. You can force yourself to sit down and write, but if you constantly do that, that's how you burn out. Right. And sometimes the best writing happens when you're inspired. And there's this whole, you know, you can't, you can't base a career on, I'm just going to write when I'm inspired. You have to sit down and force yourself to do the work. So I'm trying to combine the two things where I sit down, I force myself to write for 20 minutes to prove to myself that I can. Um, and then I just wait and see what happens. And some days I sit there for an hour going, this is shit. I'm not writing anything. I'm wasting an hour. And some days I write 8,000 words in that hour. Wow. And it's it's meant that like when I have to do freelance writing i know that i can just turn it on and write if i have to yeah you know i don't have to wait and be like oh i can't think of something to write for this i don't know what to do i can just do it it's like starting the ritual from a position of power by forcing myself to do it and then 
just waiting and seeing what happens has been really good. And then the the other thing is like ending the ritual. So like 5.30 every day, I turn my PC off, I leave my office and I close the door. Oh. And I don't the next morning. I don't come in here if I'm not working. I only come in here on the weekend when like I'm talking to you. Or, <laughs> I drag you, know, you back into your office. <laughs> no, it's cool. Like, this room does not get used unless I'm working. That see, um, that's awesome. I I we can't do that right now because our apartment is literally all like the kids. Yeah. The the dishwasher is right here, and the sink is right there, and that then the was couch. My old place. So there's like, there's no getting away from this this PC. So like, even if I'm on that couch right there, trying to enjoy something to else, I'm next to the PC going like I can go yeah. over there and just like mess with Drifter's yeah. layout for a little bit. And there's literally yeah. no well, way I... for me to like truly just shut it away and be like it's gone i don't have to see yeah. it or think about it and like i've got my chromebook downstairs and like some nights like i'll be like oh, i've actually got i want to do some creative work and i'll get the chromebook out mm. and i'll i'll do some writing for like half an hour or an hour but it doesn't feel the same as like sitting in front of this pc and like i am in work mode it feels like fun writing not work writing right and i think that's gonna prove to be really important as well like being able to have it still be fun even though it is my job i think it's gonna be really important we'll see it's early days (laughs) (laughs) i i want to talk about your your morning like your your writing rituals because um uh uh, oh we have a question from spain coming in so oh shit uh i'll ask i'm gonna just ask you this question now before the chat moves past and then we'll come back to this um how do you feel when a lot of games inspired by one of your games are born? Which of the games inspired by The Wretched is your favorite? It feels awesome. Um, it doesn't feel real. <laughs> like You had so many games bizarre. in The Wretched Jam. Like, so, so many. many. It's, so, it's so bizarre. And like, like, The Wretched was one of those games that like managed to pop up above like rpg twitter and like get some mm-hmm. not mainstream notice but like shut up and sit down right and stuff so like it's sustained in a way that a lot of a lot of my stuff doesn't and it's really weird but it's it's i love like one of my big things is getting new people into the hobby and and encouraging people and being like actually you know anybody can write right and i love that wretched and alone has sort of has inspired people to write and given people tools to write games i'm really proud of that and i'm really grateful anytime people write a game with it because it's great my favorite game that someone's made with wretched and alone is before the dawn by uh they go by vlx cat now um alex Cato um is a folk horror game about a group of people who go too deep into the woods and unearth a horrible monster and try to do a ritual to stop the monster killing them but you are the monster yes um, so good <laughs> it it's it's like you can tell that alex is a fiction writer as well because mm. like the writing in it is really beautiful and really gripping and really fucking visceral and horrible um yeah play before the dawn it's great i mean i can attest to how impactful like the wretched as a system like wretched alone system was for exactly like you said inspiring a lot of people that and you can do this like anyone can be a designer you you have it in you to make 
one of these things because like my first game was technically score which was something that i did on my mm -hmm. own but then like from there i learned that there's this whole indie rpg scene and that's when i started to go oh maybe i could do more with this and truly like the wretched was one of the first things i saw and like the idea of the wretched jam like so my game that i made was rigged and that was one of the first games that i made like quote-unquote on my own as just like oh i'm gonna just try making a game and it was like hugely impactful to me to have the wretched out there and the jam going on like this is again one of the reasons i was so excited for you to be here is because you have been wildly impactful on my like trajectory of becoming what i am today so that's really nice to hear that's awesome you're you awesome well no i don't i have no? many oh. nominations many nominations <laughs> i have four you know nominations i <laughs> I say this anytime Danny's come up, and I know it sounds like I'm always saying this because I have a nomination and didn't win one, but I think the real prize is in getting nominated because winning one is a popularity contest. Right. There was no winning way I was one, Winning one is about how much you can mobilize Twitter to vote for you, right? I think getting nominated is the real win. So you've won four Ennies as far as I'm concerned. Congratulations. Take that. Product of the year. That's right. Slayers <laughs> is product of the year. Best rules. <laughs> Best rules, best, rules best game, product of the year. In your face, Spencer Stark. This is the real top Spencer in the RPG scene. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Spencer Stark <laughs> is a wonderful person, and Alice is Missing is a fantastic game. game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, The Wretched, obviously, huge, uh, hugely explosive in terms of, like, the jam was so many people. Uh, it was cool, because I saw, like, a lot of people also making... Probably their first games with something Ooh, like the Wretched. Lots of people making their first games. Like, um, I don't know what happened to Boise, who you wrote. Yeah, I think he he kind of just transitioned from what I saw to doing like uh more like war game, like tabletop war gaming stuff and oh, okay. like skirmish stuff. So like kind of again like adjacent to our like zone, but yeah. not like over it anymore. Um, but yeah, Adam Ooh. was great to work with. <laughs> yeah, that. Um. But I want to go back to your morning rituals thing because I want to talk about your writing rituals because um, I am now on winter break. Our our semester mm -hmm. is over, and I have uh, some time before I have to go back to school. And part of that I've been doing the last few days is I've just been doing morning streams, and they're just kind of like brainstorming streams. They aren't necessarily like I'm going to sit down and work on this specific thing, but just like – I'm just going to like kind of brainstorm thoughts about things. So like I talked yeah. about modular games and season passes the other day and I enjoyed that. Um, and I've been thinking I, the first day I was like, I'm not going to do what Chris does, which is write something and produce something. And now like three days in, I'm like, maybe I should do what Chris does and write something and produce <laughs> something. <laughs> um, so I want to talk to you because I know you're doing the advent calendar thing right now. Uh, yes. But before, and I want to talk about that, but I'm all over the place. I want to go back in time to mm -hmm. the pre-advent calendar when you were doing the, the cool like tables that you were making essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll see if I can find like a link and throw it in chat for folks. But, um, like where? Because you said you had like prompts. Like, is this is this the mm -hmm. thing that you you got like the prompts from the the, the Google form? Is that what you're using for that? Yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I I think I asked on Twitter and I got like 
x replies and i threw them into a sheet and then i've got the form as well so every couple of days i check the form and i take anything off it that isn't awful because some of them are really not good but whatever that's the nature of crowdsourcing ideas right right um and i drop them into the into the sheet and then i clear the response from the form and so every day i i roll what's it up to now let me see how many entries i've got so if I was going to do a warm-up this morning, I would roll 1D 172. <laughs> wow. Quite so you have material. a lot of a lot of fuel. Because, <laughs> right, yeah. um, I mean, when I started doing it, I was like, I'm just going to come up with an idea for a random table or whatever every day. But then I found that I was spending more time trying to figure out what I wanted to write than actually writing, which defeats the purpose. Right. And so I crowdsource the ideas. And that's fun as well because it's a cool little creative constraint of, you know, writing something that I might necessarily not want to write or not have any ideas for immediately. Right. It's really cool, um, which and I think is a good habit to be in as someone who's kind of doing freelance work as well because um, you're not always going to get gigs where you want to, where you're writing something you want to write. You know, it's just the nature of the beast. So, and you might find that you actually super enjoy writing about a thing that you didn't think yeah. you would enjoy writing about. You're like, oh, actually, you know, I'd never thought about this thing, but wow, I actually had a lot of fun making a table of blank. Um, exactly. Like there was one that was, um, what happened to that coin? I think it was one of the last ones that I did before I started doing Reeve Dean. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, how many? What? how many interesting things can you do with a coin? <laughs> and it turned out to be really fun. Um, and it's, I used, when I was doing my degree, um, which is in creative writing, we did a, like a poetry module and I'm not a poet. Um, I enjoy writing poetry. I enjoy working with the form of poetry, but I'm not a poet. Um, but one of the things that we did, well, we got told, I can't remember now, but, was like, right, when you've got a topic for a poem or a theme for a poem, and this is something I do when I'm writing lyrics for the band as well, is write down everything you can possibly think of about that theme mm. and until you can't think of anything else and then keep going. And that's where the poem happens. Once you've exhausted all the obvious stuff, that's right. where. And that's sort of what I've do, been doing with these tables as well. Like I'll spend five minutes just writing down all the obvious shit and then I get to the fun stuff. And that's that's super what I cool. throw up on the blog. Like a lot of the tables that I end up throwing up on the blog um, from the warm ups are like only 50% of what I actually wrote, but it's the good stuff. Right. That's super cool that you you go past the, the first thought and you want, you don't want plan A or plan B. You want plan like L. You want plan yeah. like N. Get, yeah. get in the weeds with it, you know? Like, right. That's cool. It's when, when you hit that moment where you sit there going, oh, God, I can't think of anything else. And then you force yourself to not be done and to keep going. Right. And then suddenly you, you get like a second wind and it all starts flowing again. And you're like, oh, shit, this is actually, this is the interesting stuff. Right. But I mean, some, sometimes I... you get a bump and you're like, I have something for this. And it just flows, you know. But Right. There's a lot of psychology to what you're describing about this idea of like going past the like the like what you're describing is this idea of like 
um, functional fix fixedness, which is this idea that you get stuck on like, oh, well, the purpose of this thing is this. And I can only think of it in terms of its purpose. And then understanding that like, no, a pen is more than just a pen. It has a whole bunch of other uses. And then there's lots of like tasks that we use to measure stuff like that. Um, so I want to... Uh, administer one of these psychological tests to you one day <laughs> the alternative uses <laughs> test it's a very cool Let's creativity test um so i do want to talk about reeve dean but there is a yeah a question here that i think is interesting um so big on road asked how much do you find art and layout a distraction from the mechanics and writing of a game itself not at all um basically it's Yeah, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um the different the different skill sets. Um Reeve Dean's been interesting because I'm not doing any layout for it initially, but like it's a different um it's a different discipline really. And so like when I'm doing layout work, I actually don't do that in my like two or three hours of mm. forced creativity work a day. Um I will do that later in the day when I've got my writing done. Um, I'm trying to, I don't have a project that's in layout at the minute, but I'm very conscious of the fact that like, I work really well when I have some kind of structure. And so mm. I'm trying to structure my weeks to be like, like Wednesdays are what I've started calling bad brain days. Like <laughs> I can't, I can't write on Wednesdays. Um, it's just, it's just not working for me. I think because I don't go to the gym in the morning and so uh. they've become like, do manual tasks, do fulfillment for the web store, um, maybe learn something new because I can I can do input but not output, um, mm. and do the functional bits of layout, you know, where it's like setting font styles and setting margins mm. and like setting the basic flow of a page, um, doing that stuff on a Wednesday because it's just kind of like it's like Lego bricks, isn't it? It's like building blocks. There's no, like, it's not doing the artwork and the creative, like, like I wouldn't do troll King or Morkboard style layout on a Wednesday. Cause that's right. like creating an art piece for every page. But like laying out a very simple document is something that I could just kind of do without much. I don't know. I've lost the entire thread of what I'm saying. I get you. I hear what you're saying. I I've been, I've been teaching myself how to do layout little by little by little, um, just so that I can uh, have the the, f the freedom or the ability to do layout for my projects on my own without mm -hmm. being entirely reliant on other people uh, so that yeah. I'm not just exporting Google Docs, which is mostly what I was capable of doing before. Um, I mean, it's a starting point. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. Like, but it's I been was thinking the other day. Oh, yeah, Sorry, oh, I was just been saying it's been a nice for me, uh, layout is my nightly ritual. So it's the point where oh. I'm done. I don't think I can write anymore, or I don't think I have got the the capacity to like come up with one more power for this faction, or come up with one more blank for this. Like I, but I can move things around in affinity, and that is yeah. a totally different like fuel source in my brain that I'm activating. And so that is just Absolutely. like, yeah, I can, I can move. I don't have to type any words. I've got the words. Now I'm just moving them around. And that's, yeah. so that's just like my, I found that my layout stuff happens at night for me. 
as my like mm-hmm. cool down where and bef- like if you had asked spencer one year ago if he would have done that he would have been like absolutely not what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> layout that sounds yeah. like the most stressful thing but now it's my like oh i might just move things around for yeah. 30 minutes and we'll see how it I goes do a lot of layout when i'm playing games with people oh like, <laughs> when i'm a, when i'm gm in a game i'm like constantly engaged right and i can't do anything but run the game but when i'm a player um i'm quite a i tend to be quite a passive player yeah i'm quite background um and because of because of the adhd like i can't just sit and listen to someone talk without being engaged without doing something else and so i'll just open indesign that's brilliant (laughs) like i'll just do layout while i play DD or something you know i feel like i remember seeing Will Yopes say that they play the guitar while they're playing with yeah. like like that's a brilliant like this would make so much sense right like just like yeah. fiddle around with something have fun while you're yeah. I, I think I that's was, a great um, idea when I was like 16 17 doing my A levels I was doing for some reason I was doing computer science <laughs> and they were teaching us to code in Delphi um, which is like super old and super shit and I don't remember any of it but the only way I could focus on what I was doing was I took my double kick drum pedals into the mm. computer lab at college and I would sit and do rudiments with my feet while I typed. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Drive people mad. <laughs> That's awesome. Who we're giving BLG uh, power by talk all this talk of ritual uh, and concepts yeah, around BLGs here. Yeah. yeah. Um Okay, we have another couple of questions, and then we will talk about Reeve Dean, and then I yeah. want to talk to you about season passes. I have so much I want to talk to you about. Um, but we're back uh, from a question from Spain. Uh, we are curious, uh, wanting to discover more about the news that comes from, oh, from Asia. So like Thousand Thousand Islands, the Magus, Catstream, Ark. Have you seen any of the games there? So like are the RPG scene, uh, scene and stuff like that. Any recommendations that you have or that we have from the RPG scene? Yeah. Um, is Navathum's End out yet? I don't think it's out yet. I don't think so. I don't think That's, so. I've read an early draft of Navathum's End by Pamu and Sin, mm-hmm. and it fucks. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like, if you're into PBTA stuff, like, it does shit with PBTA that, like, I haven't seen before. Mm. It's real good. Um, I think that was, was that part of our shows? Yes, actually. So yeah, yeah I, I do remember like last week getting a, an email about the R Shores PDF. I think it might be out actually. And then again, might like I'm so bad at engaging out. with PDFs. So like, I know I have it somewhere, but <laughs> I haven't actually until I can hold it in my hands. It doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that's fucking great. Um, Jammy's game, Our Haunt, um, which I yes. think Possum Creek just kickstarted. Yes. Um, I'm so out of the loop at the moment with what's funding and what's out and etc. But we we launched on the same day, uh, Slayer's Almanac and Our Haunt. We were oh, sure. we were okay. launch partners. Uh, nice. Yeah, that one just came out. Yeah, that that's yeah. a really good one as well. Or it's not it's just came good. out; it just came it just funded. Yeah. Um, it's, that's been out before, and this is like a new edition. Um, but it's that's real good as well. Like Jammy is like goals. Jammy's so good. Gotta get them on the show. Yeah. And um Sam, one second. Yeah, no problem. Um 
Bubblegum Sam. Mm. Sam Mui just released uh, a Wretched Alone game called Horse Girl. Yes! Um, oh my god. <laughs> inspired by, like, Tusk and really fucked up body horror. Um, I I don't know if I would recommend it. <laughs> I would recommend looking at it just would, so you could see mm, the... You have to see it. You have it. to see Did you? I played it, and it is an experience, let me tell you. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, if you were not into extreme body horror and um, fucked up religious horror, um, maybe pass on it. But mm. play anything that Sam's released. Like, Wet Cigarette is one of the most impactful games I've ever played. Um, yeah, there's so much good shit. Coming out of I didn't know that you had played DC. Horse Girl. I I yeah. I I have not played it. I have I've <laughs> I've seen it. I've I've been watch I've been looking at it. I've been watching like you know people reacting to it. And it is one of the it's so polarizing the reactions <laughs> to mm, Horse Girl. Yeah. Either you're like Which I suspect is what Sam wanted. Yes. Um I can't I can't speak for them, obviously, but I suspect that Sam wanted a reaction out of that game and boy did she get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Also, Will Yost is literally playing the guitar while watching us right now. So, called it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So That's like a star-studded audience for the show, isn't it? I'm, I'm a little nervous. There's some cool folks in chat right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, chat is cooler than us. What's going on? I know. <laughs> um, so, Reevedeep. Uh, that's been your. Yeah. So I actually wanted to ask you about that in relationship relationship to your morning ritual. So I mean, mm-hmm. I guess first of all, like for, for folks who don't know what it is, like maybe a little insight as to what it is. But are you writing these every day, or is this something that you had pre written? Little bit of both. Gotcha. Um, the idea for Reeve Dean I had about twenty hours before I launched it. Okay. So, yeah, on the because f- I was supposed to do a, a games advent calendar with um, Kat Evans and Logist and Jessica Markram. We were going to do an advent calendar, and then we were talking about it, and we were all like, "Oh fuck, it's the thirtieth of November, and we haven't written anything, and we haven't figured out how we're going to do it." So I was like, "Do any of you mind if I do my own advent calendar because I've just had an idea for mm-hmm. one." And they were like, no, go for it. And so I came up with a name for it. I came up with a brief pitch for myself. I made that GIF. I tweeted it with the word tomorrow. And then I went, oh, fuck, now I've got to do this. (laughs) What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) So in the first, I wrote the first week's worth of entries that day. Okay. And then I've been writing a couple of entries a day ever since. And so I think I've got, now up until the 20th of december written and i'm just writing a little bit more every day so these so, this, this is like your new morning writing ritual as opposed yes, this to the... replaced my morning ritual yeah so um, i mean it's so cool i mean like truly the coolest concept in the world so folks don't know it's a it's an advent calendar game where every day you're releasing a new just like an advent calendar, you're opening up the little box and seeing what prize is inside. And every day, it's basically the file on itch gets updated with the next piece, essentially. Yes. Uh, Correct. 
and we're learning more and more and more about this this place that you have created. This fucked up little mountain parish. Yeah. I mean, it's such a cool idea. I and I'm, you know, I'm obsessed or love the idea of the drip feed of the here's a little more, here's a little more, here's a little more. And an advent calendar style release is like for a, especially for like a setting supplement sort of thing. Like mm. here's just like wanting to learn a little bit, and especially for a fucked up setting uh, where you're like, I don't want to show you, I don't want to show you how horrible and bizarre and strange this place is whole hog right out the gate. I want you to every day be on your toes to learn a little bit more about how strange this place is. It's been really fun because it's like, there's not a, you'd think there'd be a lot of overlap between like fiction and especially adventure writing, but there's not a huge amount. And this has allowed me to tap into like serialized fiction, mm. but in an adventure format. Yeah. And so like, I feel, I don't know how it's working. I don't know if it's having the effect because I'm not getting a lot of feedback from people about it, which is fine. Um, but it's, the aim is to like give you enough information every day to like drip feed the horror to you mm -hmm. while still having it be like i'm hoping that by this point if you wanted to start running a game of D D or whatever set in reeve dean that you would have enough to do it at this point mm. without knowing exactly what's going on um possibly i've not given enough because i've not done all the hex fills yet but yeah i'm trying to like I'm trying to release it in a sequence that like keeps you hooked and keeps you wanting to know more. Well, yeah, I mean, like the 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 next level for me in my head is like Advent Calendar game that gets released that is like a tiny piece of the game that you play every like you play it every day. Like it it then becomes yeah. a, a a play ritual for the morning of like okay, I'm opening up December twelfth box so to speak you could do that with a journaling game couldn't you, you right could just have a different prompt every day like in fact Gion shim basically does this with uh um i can't remember what the term she uses yeah I, I wish i always forget it because there is yeah a but those difference. games you know you get like like wait for me came in your inbox every single day was right. super cool um and that's definitely been an influence format wise on this mm. um i'm just looking at how like like i watched midnight mass like three days before i started writing reeve dean so like that episodic tv structure is like in my head as well while i'm writing it right oh there's uh dice ghost bench is an interesting thing here it'd be cool if it so if you played it out like this if each day was also a new day in the game itself that would be cool. which reminds so like witch burner right uh so like that is based off of a like a kind of a pretty set schedule of time of like events that happen one day after you've begun two days three days and so like turn transforming yeah i know my copy is somewhere over there it's i wish i could go grab it yeah um but like transforming something like witch burner into this mm. advent calendar sort of thing would be very interesting very, very cool. cool i like that my this spoilers for Witchburner here but my favorite thing about Witchburner is that like there's nothing happening in it mm -hmm. like it's all the horror comes from the shit the players do right i love that that's not the case spoilers for reeve dean that's not the case with reeve dean <laughs> but um 
God, can you imagine how pissed people would be if I released it one day at a time for 24 days and then was like, there's nothing happening here. <laughs> and that's it. The end. You're the monster, not Merry me. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. I love that idea. Cat has mentioned in chat, does anybody else have this creeping, oh, I need to start a new project right now <laughs> feeling listening to this chat? <laughs> I'm glad we could be that inspiration. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um so oh there's a question about the pricing structure so i thought the pricing uh -huh. structure for the admin calendar uh was really clever how's that been working so far I, i'm actually curious about that too because it's, it's yeah. related to sort of how i think about pricing things like season passes so like how's that process been for you like is it really people good, make actually. does it make sense to people yeah i think okay, so good. i haven't had anybody kick off about it and that's usually a good sign um because i remember tweeting quite flippantly as i do often um maybe you a year no ago. Me? <laughs> on Twitter? never um i remember tweeting something about like a game that's released one page at a time mm. over a month with the price increasing every day yeah and a lot of people on twitter being like why would i what well i'm not going to pay for that because i don't know if it's gonna be any good and me being like it's a dollar on day one like fucking put your hand in your pocket if you're interested and if you're not shut up right um and so i was worried that i would get some of that and i haven't and my theory going into it was that i would sell a few copies on day one because people were a bit like what is this this mm. is a weird pitch and then on day five or six when it was up to like two pound fifty three pounds people would look at the content that was coming out think oh actually this is turning into something i'll buy it now and i thought i would get a spike on like day five or six of mm. sales what actually happened was i got a fucking flood of people grabbing it on day one oh. like it did amazingly well day one and that sort of tapered off very slowly mm. um but tapered off very quickly even but it hasn't stopped so i still sell like three or four copies a day yeah now um even though the price keeps increasing and so that's awesome I'm happy with that because like i think 1250 when it's all done will be an entirely fair price for it right um and then what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna spend the time between christmas and new year like compiling it together into one document putting it into layout and then i'm gonna do a print version of it oh sick i'm like yes everyone who bought it is gonna get a discount code for the print version right i don't know how much like i might just say here's 1250 off the print version everyone can have the print version for a fiver or something you know right just to be because i don't want people to be like it's a it's far too complicated to try and issue discount codes for how much people paid for it and be oh my god that'd be a nightmare yeah. and like people who got in on it early would then suddenly feel like there wasn't a benefit to them getting in on it early which is totally valid and so i'm just going to be like whatever it's 15 pounds here's 10 pounds off it for everyone who bought it right when it was just in pdf or something i've not figured that out yet but i want to do a print version of it um because i think it's cool i think it's a cool little project well, then I will be buying said print version <laughs> of it whenever that exists. Uh, yeah. Can, cannot That'll be wait. early in the new year. The other thing I've been doing, so like, obviously we're all talking about 
Kickstarter and alternatives to crowdfunding at the minute and like sustainability. Great transition to what I wanted to talk about next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big things I'm thinking about is like how to develop multiple revenue streams. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to launch in probably January is like alongside my Patreon, like a second thing that's like, like behind the music. Oh, cool. So like you pay $2 a month or whatever. And it's just, it's just, it's just a monetized private blog basically that is like not focused on a final product that comes out every month, but more on like how the sausage gets made. Mm. Like design thoughts, blogs, like essays, whatever. Um, and something I've been doing throughout Reeve Dean um, is keeping a journal right. not every day, but like just of shit that comes to me of like the process of doing Reeve Dean and putting it together and like my expectations and X, Y, Z. And so I'm probably going to just like throw that up on a new Patreon at some point, along with a couple of other things and be like, here's another way you can support me if you want. Um, so what, yeah, if you're interested in Reeve Dean, uh, I've been writing essays about it. <laughs> well, I, I'm just, I'm just so curious about the way you think about and design games anyway. Like when you did a dragon game and then you had the annotated version of it, like that's very cool stuff to me. That's, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad. Um, like I mean, such a spite project. <laughs> well, yeah, as our best work tends to be our spite projects. Um, <laughs> but yeah i mean that's why i like to do design commentary streams and stuff like that it's just like Mm -hmm. i just want people to know why i did what i did and like that's why lumen is written the way that it is it's not written like a technical document because that i know i would not be able to engage with that i want you to understand what i think of and so to have like a way to like just be like oh i can pay you a little money to get access to your designer brain give it to me yeah (laughs) like i I find that stuff like there's a part of me that's like, why would anybody want to pay for this? And then there's another part of me that's like, I would pay for this. Right. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things where like the absolute worst thing that happens is I say, here is a way, here are some things I've written about my process. You can pay for them if you want to, and nobody pays for it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. Failed experiment. That's fine. Like, but I still find, like, but at the end of the day, you'll still have gained from having written them because I know that I find I yes. I benefit from myself just like even if nobody's on stream while I'm talking myself through like some a project that I'm working on like nobody's in chat or anything and I'm talking to myself, I have benefited from that. <laughs> like yeah. it helps me like, tremendously. When I was doing my degree and when I was doing my masters, with every creative assignment we submitted, they would always make us submit um like a creative statement as well about our process and our thoughts and xyz and at the time like when i first started doing them i was like i just write shit like i don't i don't know what my process is i don't know this and so the first few that i wrote were like complete bullshit just making shit up but the process of doing it made me much more mindful of my own creative process Mm to the point where suddenly I was paying attention to what I was doing and why I was doing it and why, what decisions I was making while I was working and why. And I started to really enjoy the, the cause of creative responses. I started to really enjoy writing the creative response. And I was off, I would often like write the creative response as I was working on the project. And I think it made me a better writer. Yeah. 
And so that's something that I've been doing, not consistently, but trying to get back in the habit of doing with my games work as well is like talking to myself about why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's awesome. Even if no one ever sees it. I, it's it's such a it's such a helpful exercise. I think that's mm. I think that's a, an awesome idea. And hey, yeah, if ultimately it a few folks do find it useful and grab onto it, then all the better for it too. Yeah, exactly. You did mention, and I I this is the, the one other thing I had written down that I wanted to talk to you about was this because you posted on Twitter. Was, was it yesterday? Mm. Your I don't know. Time doesn't make sense. Uh, also, <laughs> your yesterday might not be my yesterday. Again, time doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> but you meant you you made a post asking people, and it was a genuine question that I thought was really interesting, which was, um, well, like what would you do if you like had a crowdsourcing that failed or something like that? Like, what's yeah. your what's your plan or something like that? And I think that was really interesting because there's been a lot of conversations with the Kickstarter announcement that happened a few days ago about. Kickstarter as a platform, crowdfunding as a platform, like uh, how it affects people at different scales. And it's been a complex conversation for sure. Um, Yeah. But I am curious about your thoughts about like, because I, because you're, you're, and I just, I'm curious what your thoughts are for you because you Uh are going full time. You are trying to go the route of like, I'm doing this on my own. And so in my mind, I'm like, how does Chris deal with this? Because they are like, I would imagine Kickstarter is a big deal (laughs) for somebody who goes. So like, sorry, go on. No, I was just, I was wrapping it. I was just like, so what is like, what, what is your answer to your question? (laughs) So it's an interesting, it's it's weird that this happened this week. Cause like, I've been talking to this about this to people this week. And like the day before the Kickstarter announcement, I was talking to someone and I don't know if I can say who it is, but someone is writing an article about Kickstarter and it wasn't specifically about the announcement because the announcement hadn't happened yet, but it was about like, you know, the inside baseball, like the effect that Kickstarter has on you as a creator, because we don't often get to hear about that, which I thought was a super interesting topic for an article. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll talk to you about that because I have capital T thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about how to divest from Kickstarter because like, it's a fact that I would not have been able to go full-time without the boost from Kickstarter. Like Treasures of the Troll King made £25,000. The Wretched made fifteen grand. d 36 made about that, although much, much, much less profit for me than the Wretched or Troll King. So like, I have taken a lot of money out of Kickstarter over the past 18 months like right. i bought my house with kickstart money but and so it's easy for people to point to me saying get off kickstart and say you're a hypocrite and that's fine mm-hmm. but i don't think that playing kickstart roulette once or twice a year is a sustainable business model for anyone mm. it's certainly not sustainable for me because if i was solely relying on kickstarter money then you know there's the question like what happens if that kickstarter fails right i saw someone saying i cannot remember who this was and i cannot remember the exact circumstances of what they were saying because i don't know them so if i've misrepresented this i'm sorry but i saw someone say something like i need thirty thousand dollars to stay in the country Mm. kickstarter is my only option of getting that and i was like that's terrifying right that's absolutely terrifying because what if that project doesn't fund 
And that was what prompted me to be like, what is your contingency plan? Because you have to have a contingency plan, surely. Right. It doesn't make sense to me as someone who wants to build a sustainable business to gamble the future of my business on whether or not a Kickstarter funds. And like, not only like funds, but like goes gangbusters too. Like that's, yeah. that's totally un like Troll King exploded, which was awesome. Like huge congrats. Yeah. But I, I have to imagine that the popularity of it was maybe un, un was surprising. Like the way that it exploded Very. for you. Right. Yeah. So like, and like I set that budget with profit built into it. Right. Like if I had only just funded, I would have paid myself 10 cents a word for mm -hmm. writing treasures of the Troll King. And I would have been happy with that. Right. But a lot of people are not setting profit into their goals. They're setting the goals at a, a level that just covers the physical cost of production. So it pays their artist, it pays exactly. their editor, it pays for printing, and there's no profit in it for them. And I've, I've done that. I made no profit from D36. Mm -hmm. I actually lowered my stretch goals in order to be able to hit the future issues that haven't come out yet um, because, you know, people haven't been able to write because the world is on fire mm. um but i made no profit from d36 that was a mistake and i only have myself to blame for that but mm. there is this culture of setting a not not even an artificially low goal but setting a i want to call it a subsistence goal where they just earn enough to produce the thing and don't actually pay themselves right and I think that's dangerous because it doesn't make for a sustainable industry. I I definitely was one of those people in my first few projects where I was like, okay, well, how much does it cost to pay my artist, pay my layout person and, and print it? And yeah. that's my budget plus 10% yeah. or whatever for the fees and all that stuff. And then yeah. under the floorboards was just the cost of printing and I collected shipping through kickstarter i yeah. took a bath on shipping yeah. under the floor oh my god i fucked myself on slayers with that yeah. <laughs> because i i funded under the floorboards and then the pandemic happened mm. and by the time i fulfilled it shipping costs had doubled and i'd already collected and i went straight back into my overdraft i lost all the money i made under the floorboards yeah luckily the wretched did gangbusters but again wretched goal just pay for printing Right. That was all the electric gold pay for. You know, I was lucky that it took off the way it did. Um, and it was only, it was literally only Troll King. Troll King was the first Kickstarter where I set a goal that actually included paying myself properly. Right. Yeah, I I have only recently, like, learned that I should do that and started to adopt that into my stuff. Like, yeah. I uh, barely had any written anything in Nova to pay myself. Like, the the... The budget for Nova was to pay Eddie and Jam mm -hmm. and Will and buy all those fucking books. <laughs> yeah. And then anything like, on top of that was what I was going to make. Um, even the budget for down in Yongadi, like, didn't pay me well. Mm -hmm. Like, because I knew... I knew it was going to be my... Well, it wasn't going to be the first project since going full-time because my original plan was to go full-time in January. Mm-hmm. So Yongadi was going to be the project that carried me into full time. Gotcha. But even then, I was stupid and didn't set a proper goal that would have paid me well. Right. Like the initial goal was six thousand pounds, I think, and it took raising fifteen to pay me ten pence a word, which is like thirteen cents a word. Mm. Like, 
I don't know. I think Kickstarter is dangerous. Yeah. I, I want to get away from it. I'm doing Zine Quest with Alicia. And my original plan was, okay, I'll do a Kickstarter a year and hope that it makes like 10 grand. Right. But the more I think about that, that's not a sustainable business model because it's not, it's gambling. It's gambling in your future. Yeah. I, I, I've only again recently like come to grips with and like accepted the fact that I should budget in paying myself for Kickstarters. And part of that comes from the wider conversation. Part of it comes from like one-on-one conversations with people like Tracy Barnett. They like their business model, which is based off of like the pay what you can Patreon Mm -hmm. thing, which I've adopted is also like Kickstarters are run for profit. Kickstarters are there. That that is how I make my money because if I'm going to make, if I'm going to be full-time, I have to, I have to like, my budget is I need X number of dollars from this Kickstarter. And yeah, listening to Tracy talk about that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that yeah, makes a lot more yeah. sense than me. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know if, if someone's, if there's some, someone this week is like, well, actually Kickstarter is a big part of my business model. And I, it's, I'm too far in to change that at this point. Then yeah, totally. Right. Like, you're going to have to keep going with it. Like, I don't think anyone's going to judge you for saying actually, yeah, my business does rely on this and I need to I need to run the Kickstarter. Right. Like if anyone is judging people for that, then they can get fucked. But for me personally, like it's not a stress that I'm willing to put myself under regularly. Right. Like I want to know that so when I went full time, I saved up a year's worth of income mm-hmm. so that I can uh, expenditure even. So that I can definitely definitely do this for a year and my goal for the next year is to get to december 2022 with enough money to do it for another year right and so i don't want that to be a question mark hanging on a kickstarter that i run in june i want to know and so like that's why i'm doing things like reeve dean that's why i'm concentrating on retail sales like i just did a big sale to exalted funeral Mm. that's gone a long way towards making sure my 2023 can happen right i that's i think oh go ahead no go ahead oh i was just saying like for me it's that is what it is becoming as well is thinking about it of like like when you said that for me i and, and with the kickstarter announcement i've been recalibrating in my mind of like okay so what is my future of like producing things and releasing things and, and like trying to create something that might be ultimately sustainable. And I think for me, it is a step backwards and not like backwards, mm-hmm. but like a, a scaling down of sorts and like yeah. wanting to build up enough of a following and enough of a consistency in things that I can build and build and build and just kind of have, I know what I can count on. Like having that mm-hmm. thing that I can yeah. count on is the important thing. So like, Patreon's a big part of that and uh itch sales but itch sales are not something you can count on so that's mm-hmm. not as uh, but like you talk about like the importance of a mailing list that's also super important start building your mailing list right now yeah there's a lot like of interesting immediately yeah i know there's a lot of interesting things uh that folks are saying in chat here about uh like you know it's a a lot of people under budget themselves for kickstarters just to like you get that very easily done it's yeah. super easy and it's super appealing to do you. It feels like that's the mm. thing to do so that you can say, especially we funded, we funded in three hours. Yeah. Especially when you see like your free leaks and like yeah, whoever else 
coming onto Kickstarter with a massive, expensive, licensed IP with a shitload of art, like a big name writing team, they're gonna print a hundred thousand units of it. Right. And they've got a goal of like ten thousand dollars. Like they aren't using Kickstarter for the same means that we are, and there's right. no value judgment in that. Like, I don't give a shit how corporations are behaving. The thing is that like people will inevitably compare themselves to those campaigns. Mm-hmm. And so like freely don't need Kickstarter money to print the one ring no. at all. That game happens whether it funds on Kickstarter or not, but that's not the case for Lumen. Right. And so people need, I think the really important thing is that people, whether they do it intentionally or not, we cannot behave in the way that corporations do because it's not sustainable for us. Right. We need to create our own models and our own infrastructure. And if Kickstarter is a part of that for you personally, then that's totally valid. Um, the thought of relying on a platform that I don't control terrifies me. Yeah. Which is why it's I... the same thing as when like Patreon changed their yes. structures a couple of years ago and everyone was suddenly like, Oh fuck all our backers are leaving because they don't like what Patreon has done to the fee structure. Right. What are we going to do? And like um, a guy called Whipstash um, who built my website for me Mm. very, very generously offered at that point to help people get set up with WooCommerce websites that had have memberships on them Mm. so that they could do the same thing as Patreon without being beholden to Patreon. Right. And I think we're seeing in part that same thing happen now with the conversation around Kickstarter where people are like, oh, actually, yeah, it's really bad to have all our eggs in one basket that mm-hmm. we don't control. We should build some infrastructure. Yeah, that's why I'm moving towards smaller scale things, moving towards my like season pass stuff of like a drip feed model that's like fits my ability to like write things when I can enthusiastically write them. I'm not putting everything into this like big book that has to succeed in in certain ways. Uh There's um, two interesting questions in chat that I want to ask. I am deliberately not looking at chat. Oh, no people get upset about this topic. (laughs) Well, thankfully nobody it's, there's no, I'm not seeing any fire in here, which is good. 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 Um, Because everyone in chat's cool. Yeah. So like, there's definitely like Raul is here talking about how like, obviously Kickstarter sucks in general for like, He's in Brazil, so just can't, not can't access polls, it, right? right? Yeah, can't access it, and always has to match up with people in like the U.S. or whatever. To yes. that, that alone sucks shit. Um, yeah. But there's a there's like the a fact that Jammy had to partner up with, with Possum, Possum Creek. Creek. The fact, the fact that Latam Breakout, all that, right. all that gang, have had to partner up with Soul Muppet. Like Soul Muppet guys are really good friends of mine. I'm really glad they've done that that team shouldn't have had to rely on white British people in order to get funding. Right. There's a question here about going back to Kickstarter budgets, um, Uh which is, do you budget in work done prior to your Kickstarter into your budget with setting your goal? No. Yeah. So I always used to, and I did, this was what got me in trouble for D36 because I budgeted in like everything that I'd spent. Um, and then I read a blog post by, I think it was Michael Prescott. Yes. Saying like, yeah, 
saying like actually all those costs that you spent before the kickstarter are sunk costs like if you don't fund you're not getting them back right so don't include them in your goal and i was like that actually makes a lot of sense right the problem where i ran into trouble was that then off the back of that i lowered my stretch goals mm. and just made a very foolish decision that wasn't michael's fault that was my fault right um but yeah so with down in yongadi like i paid rowan for the cover art and three pieces of internal art before the campaign and i paid jared to edit the intro section before the campaign and they were not included in my goal because the goal was going to be the highest goal i'd ever set anyway mm. i was worried about it funding anyway and i thought either i set the goal at I think it was either four or six. The fact that I can't remember what my Kickstarter goal was, and it only ended a week ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's let's say for the sake of argument, the goal was four grand, and because obviously every time you increase your goal, you increase it more than the amount you spent because you've got to increase it an additional ten percent for fees and mm. for tax. So sticking an extra thousand pound on your goal is actually sticking like an extra fourteen hundred pounds on your goal. Mm. And so when I'm sitting there thinking, I'm worried that this might not fund, I'm looking at a goal of £6,000 and a goal of £7,500. I'm like, it makes sense to set the goal at six because that way I cover my future costs and if we overfund, I get paid back. Right. Whereas if I set the higher goal and we don't fund, then I'm left with nothing. nothing. Right. Nothing. Um, but that was setting... So, but I set that goal with okay, I'm not covering my costs, but there is a rate of pay for me in here. Mm-hmm. It's not just the break-even. Yeah. There's... So, yes and no, I think, is the answer to that question. Yeah. There's a there's a question here, and I think it's a... it's a We've we've talked about it a little bit, but... Uh, so, Real Meat Castle. Great name. Um, that is a good name. Someone who's just getting into this, right? And Ooh. their goal for this is to launch with a quick turnaround. So they're basically just trying to put together a goal that covers print and ship, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, without necessarily okay. paying themselves. Does that? But they're asking is, is that short-sighted of me? Should I set a goal that pays me for my time spent already? I think it's an interesting consideration, but also considering what we just talked about with the sunk cost thing, right? Like, Yeah. That's... So my question, I think, in response to that would be, if you're just raising money to pay for print, why do you need Kickstarter? Why not just do pre-orders? I think it's the marketing. It that would be my. That would. Uh, I yeah. can't speak for Real like, Meat Castle, but like. No, like I know. I know logically, like that is going to be the answer because you can't argue with Kickstarter's mailing list, and right. like, you know, eighty-five percent of your backers are going to be people that aren't your audience. Right. You know, they're not people you already have access to. But I think it's important to to know what your audience is because mm. kickstarter gives you an inflated sense of what your audience is right yes that's an extremely like, good point like when i did under the floorboards that went amazingly well but none of those people were my audience right and so like the next thing i released i was like oh shit under the floorboards was made i don't know a thousand pounds or two thousand pounds or something this is really cool. I, I maybe I've got a career here, and then I released the next thing not on Kickstarter, and it flopped. And I was like, "Oh, fuck! Where have my audience gone?" Yeah, where are all those where are all those floorboards people? <laughs> where are all those floorboards people? And it's because they weren't my audience; mm-hmm. they were Kickstarter's audience, right? Um, and that's one of the reasons that I've done Reeve Dean this month is to be like, 
cool, what does my audience actually look like yeah. now? Um, and it's been really beneficial for me to to know that and to be like, cool, this is how many people will give me money for a game. This is how many people will trust me with a game that's not complete. And this is how much money they'll give me. And it's really valuable for me to know that. Right. That's that's what I have found like my Patreon to be, which is like these yeah. are people who will just like they want to support me. They don't even necessarily know what they're gonna get uh, yeah. every month, but they 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 believe in me as a designer, and I know I can count on that. Yes. Um, like I would rather have ten people who will give me a five or a month every month without question than a thousand people who will give me a five once. Right. Exactly. You know? Yes. But to answer the actual question, no, I don't think that's short-sighted. Yeah. Like, if all if all you need is the money to print and ship, then just, just ask for that. In an ideal world, yeah, ask to get paid as well. But, like, you know what's best for you. Yeah. I And, again, like, if it, if it is, if your goal is just to get, like, this quick turnaround, especially if you're just getting into it and you just want, like, a quick, clean, like, I just need money to print this thing and get it to you. Mm -hmm. I think that totally makes sense. It's, but you know, one of the most valuable things I ever did was, so I did under the floorboards. It wasn't ready to go yet. I was approaching the time where I was like, shit, I'm about to order 500 books and post them out. I've never fulfilled print before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to write a game quickly that I can do a very small print run of. Yeah, and just learn the process of printing and shipping. That game turned out to be the Wretched. Real but, quick, <laughs> real quick, just hang that out. The Wretched got written in like a day and a half. But the original, the point is that the original print run of the Wretched was twenty-five copies. Yeah, I remember that. The, yeah, you have one of them. Right? I do have one of them. Yeah. Um, the purpose of that was purely for me to learn how to print a book because I hadn't done it in fifteen years learn how to fulfill physicals and not have to learn that while fulfilling a kickstarter because yeah when you've never done it before like suddenly having a thousand books turn up at your door mm -hmm. <laughs> and have to put them in envelopes and figure out how to get them in people's hands is terrifying mm -hmm. um, and this is another reason why i'm like start small please yeah. Be good to yourself and start small. I was lucky that my first game score, I don't think I only shipped out like 80 to 100 copies on the first run, which was a lot for somebody for yeah. still for like a first run, but was like, I can do this. I just, it's like one or two boxes that showed up in my house. I'm just packing a few envelopes and I'm getting out the, the door. And then like Slayers was my next one. And then it was like a thousand books in my house. And I was like, ah, fuck, yeah. this is different. <laughs> like I did. We did the wretched, the twenty five copies. I did the Kickstarter, which had I think a thousand backers or something, mm -hmm. which was a lot of books. And I was like, "Shit, this is a lot of books for me to fulfill." And then shut up and sit down. Coverage happened. Oh my god! Honestly, that was like that was like fulfilling a Kickstarter again. Like that yeah, was mad. And then Troll King happened, and I sold twelve hundred copies of Troll King, and I was like, "Do you know what?" That's about my limit for fulfillment mm -hmm. and my plan anyway. So I want to do a book for Cyborg next year. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that Johan will be down to do some art for it again. Um, and I was going to do it on Kickstarter. 
and I probably won't do it on Kickstarter now, but I was going to cap it at 1,500 copies anyway mm. because I don't want to fulfill more copies than that. Yeah. I don't have the I don't have the resources to do it. I'm too ADHD, like, must do everything myself to hand it off to a fulfillment company. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. And so I was going to cap it at 1,500 copies anyway. And so, like, if I'm going to artificially limit the number of copies that I fulfill, then why am I using Kickstarter anyway? Because the point of Kickstarter is like you're gambling on you want to be Wonder Home, right? Yeah. You want your six figure Kickstarter. But if I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to make sure that that cannot physically happen, then why don't I just do pre orders? Right. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I know like Bats is doing pre orders for Wizards and the Way. doing pre orders for Wizards in the Way. So just announced that like that. yesterday or this morning or something. Yeah. And I'm super into that idea. I will be yeah. sh- I will be I mean, screaming from every place I can. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know why I, I pointed. Got... I've even got uh... songbirds right here. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, that's fun. Kickstarter is a whole thing. I thought the I thought your post was really interesting. I thought it, it made me certainly think a lot, and I I'm continuing mm. to think about it. So I I just uh, appreciate your insights into all of this. Uh, it's been really helpful. Yeah, I mean like. Me. There's, you know, someone might be sitting there listening to me being like, you were talking out of your ass, and that is fine. Like, I'm not an expert, right. and I'm not trying to set myself up as being an expert. I have big capital T thoughts, and I talk about them with an air of authority because that's how I was raised. that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know anything. <laughs> but you speak with the confidence of somebody who does. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I get in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> what is the what is the phrase that you use? You are like aggressively online or something like that. Yeah. You, have, you have a very good phrase for like how how you're online. I actually I've been taking a step back from being quite so aggressively online. Um, it wasn't intentional. It was I am buying a house and I don't have time yeah. to be aggressively online. But you know what? I'm so much happier. Yeah, that's probably a good <laughs> I idea. I barely look at Twitter anymore, and it's the best. That sounds like that sounds so nice. That sounds like a yeah, good idea. I should probably do it's that. It's been good. I have it blocked on my um, PC between the hours of Brilliant. nine and five thirty every day. And part of the reason is because I know it's a ADHD attention grab and it's much easier for me to spot myself slacking off yeah. and being on twitter if i've got my phone in my hand than yeah. if i'm just on the browser that's a really good idea good good tip good tip i should probably <laughs> do that um we'll sell on that last yeah exactly it's all early on <laughs> yeah. i'll be i'll be bypassing my own block i'll be installing tweet deck uh-huh. <laughs> um so i mean i'm 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 wrapping down myself personally how how about you are you got any other like hot thoughts or things that you wanted to talk about probably but god knows god knows i feel like this has been an awesome chat i feel like this is only I've enjoyed this, yeah. only part one of our coffee break i feel like I'm gonna have to have you back soon uh to keep going about this because chris uh like i said earlier that you have been in, uh, hugely inspirational to me as a designer so i just want to say thank you to that i know a lot of folks in chat or in the world have uh been inspired because of things like the wretched so keep up the awesome work you're thank you. crushing it 
and everybody should go support Chris in any way, shape, or form that you can. Speaking of, how can people do that, Chris? <laughs> that was a hell of a segue. I'm getting really yeah. good at this. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Do you know what? You're going to figure out how to end the podcast next, and then you're going to be unstoppable. Oh, no if only I could gain that power. <laughs> <laughs> how can people come and follow me on Twitter at Pangalactic, like the drink in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Um, where I'm, I'm there sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> but not between nine. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't even think I'm, about uh, it. Yeah, don't even think about it. Uh, LootTheRoom.io is my card, but has my lists to links to the website, the itch, etc. All the things, the various and multifaceted things that I do. Throwing um, all these things in chat for folks. So, oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, right now on twitter.com i really want to hear from you about your favorite DD adventures so go and find oh yeah and throw some titles at me because that's a fun project i'm working on i have none i've never played a pre-written adventure <laughs> but i i i know uh, i i enjoy like looking at the ones that people have been recommending so yeah. uh this is like entirely a personal project yeah like um if I started talking about it, it would be here for another hour. So let's let's not. <laughs> that's part two. Yeah. Whenever it's done or coming out, that's when you'll come back and we'll talk. Yeah. Um, when I have something to show for this, hell yes, yeah. I've embarked upon. Well, uh, Chris, this has been fantastic, super fun for me. I'm so glad that we got to like catch up like this. I I really appreciate yeah, real fun. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate everybody in chat uh, for for being here. You all were wonderful. Um, especially when we got into spicy Kickstarter stuff. So thank you for that. Um, thank you for not setting me on fire for my opinions. I appreciate that. Yeah. Speaking of Kickstarter, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, next Sunday, I've got Kat coming in. Uh, and she uh, is going to be talking about Blazing Him. Uh, and the <laughs> Kat's right here in chat. Uh, so we're going to talk about her... Uh, awesome Lumen AP podcast that she's crowdfunding right now, which I am so excited. Like the concept of Lumen as an actual play, I might be biased, but I think it's a really great idea. <laughs> uh, so we will be back next Sunday, same time for coffee break. Um, so for now, enjoy the rest of your morning, afternoon, and evening, everybody, and we will talk to you later. Bye.